Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Heard, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Heard is a collaboration between the Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Heard through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com, like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoy this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Happy Repeal Day. Woo! Nick, what's Repeal Day? Repeal Day is the repeal of the 18th Amendment that told us we could not drink alcohol anymore because a uh, couple different things. One is that people were coming home drunk too much, and uh, the ladies were upset about that, uh, a lot of drunkenness, so they were trying to stop that. Uh, a lot of religious groups were upset about it, so they were trying to stop that. Um, there were some, some crazy tax issues involved in there as well. Uh, there's some women's voting rights in there, a whole bunch of stuff. So happy 21st amendment, which got rid of the 18th. And that lasted for how long? You know, there's a whole bunch of different laws that were enacted between the 1919 and 1920. And then it went till 1933 on December 5th. So about 14 years. Yeah. 14 years of alcohol being illegal. Yeah, but you could totally find it everywhere. I mean, it was illegal to buy, not illegal to drink. So you could still drink it. Um, you could get prescriptions for it. Um, you could get um, industrial-grade alcohol, which was drinkable until the government decided to poison it to make it undrinkable. That was a, a fantastic <laughs> issue. Um, you could import it from, well, you not legally, but a lot of people got it from Canada. And the most, uh, the busiest port for illegal alcohol trade was between Detroit and Windsor. Wow. They are still fighting tunnels today filled with empty bottles under the river. Really? Yeah. There, there's a tunnel under Zatami's bar in uh, Detroit. That, I haven't uh, seen it. I've heard stories. The, the, uh, that was um, used by the Purple Gang. Is that the yep. is that right? Yep. Who had, and their speaky was called the... I don't know. Sugar House. Oh. Ah, interesting. Full circle. <laughs> so we are joined tonight by Spirits of Detroit columnist of the Detroit Free Press, Robert Allen. Robert, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Glad to be here. Uh, so you're a jerk first off. Why? Cause this beer. Oh yeah. So, so, you, so Robert, Bob, do you want, what, what, what do you go by? Bob uh, you better? can just call me Bob. That's Bob. Fine. All right. Bob, um, we've never done this before. Tonight's, There's a reason why. It, there is. Yeah. But, but okay. Let, let's be clear here, right? <laughs> Tice basement beer night. These are beers that were in Nick and our, in my basement. So. Nick's how Nick brought one beer. I brought five. I so. didn't know you were bringing four others. Right? Don't make it seem like I'm a cheap ass. <laughs> well, you did bring the best one, probably. Good. All right. uh, maybe. I don't know. So one of the ones that I brought that we are going to drink first and probably shouldn't drink at all <laughs> is a 2013 Hop Slam. Um, one of the problems I have with beer is that uh, these kind of highly allocated beers like Hop Slam um, or the Planet Series from Bells, for example, I don't drink them. I get bored really quickly with beer. So I'll drink one. I know I'm going to drink one and not, not drink another one. Or there's jerks that saw Mercury or saw Mars, saw how popular it was and how delicious it was, only got a six pack, drank through that. Then when Mercury, Mercury came out, Venus, Venus came out, bought a case of that. That was terrible. Brought a case of Mercury that had glass in it. So that was great. 
So I'm just like, so I stopped after that. And then it was Jupiter and Saturn. And Saturn was great. So I, I got super pissed. That yeah. whole series just upset me. It was yeah. a roller coaster. So so we're, we're focusing, uh, I don't know how that even happened, but we're focusing on Bells here, right? So Hop Slam, so the Planet Series was Bells, Hop Slam's Bells, and I actually, I actually have batch 9,000 and 10,000 from Bells too, which I have no idea how old those are at this point. Um, these are not temperature controlled. I have no idea. It's, it's in my basement. Um, it's a Michigan basement though. I mean, it's not like you, right. you're in the middle of Arizona. Yeah. It's just that I have some fun because, Bob, you recently were able to sample CBS, which... Canadian breakfast out. Yes. So that's like the big beer of the week from founders. It's being released. It was released. What? It's this last week, this week. December 1st was the official release date. Okay. Yeah. Um, And let's back up. So Bob, you write about um, beer and other things for the free press. Yeah. All things craft and drinkable. Nice. Yeah. And you just preferably did, with alcohol. <laughs> you did a thousand beers this year? Was that uh, a one so of the that, was, that took a little more than a year. Okay. But yeah, I cracked a thousand beers in my uh my beer tracking app untapped. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. That's a nice a little badge work. too. You get proud of that badge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that is hard work. Logging all those beers and like thinking about them and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> trying to mix in as much water between them as I possibly can. <laughs> oh, you did them all in a row? <laughs> one day. One day. I did my best, yeah. <laughs> Um. So okay. So Canadian breakfast out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like the it's like a unicorn. It's like, a, it's like last time it was out was what ten years ago. So officially, Whoa. it was bottled six years ago. Six years ago. Okay. okay. And then it made appearances uh, back 2014, 2015 in kegs. But uh, this is the first time in bottles since what was that 2011. And it made a pretty good splash. I feel like because I saw people in Florida posting about it. I saw people in other states. So it made it out and about. I think it got shipped nationwide, right? Oh, is that why? Okay. Right. I think so. Oh, this this batch here in 2017? I, I think so. Didn't it got shipped across the seas as well. Oh, Ooh. so it's worldwide. Because of yeah, that's, Did Shannon do that? Because of, uh, I always say it wrong, Mao San Miguel, I believe, oh, okay. uh, the company that bought 30% of founders back a few years ago. Mm. Um, they've gotten a lot more distribution across Europe. And it was really funny when Backwoods released this year, I looked it up on Untaps, and the first few reviews I saw were in Sweden. It's very popular over there. It got some good ratings. And I think that's always so. I've only done it once, where I was—I probably wasn't the first, but I was an early reviewer of an Italian beer that I bought at um, uh, the place in Plymouth, Cantoros, and it had like five reviews in the U.S. And I was just like, "Oh, this is so cool! No one's seen it." And I'm like, "All right, the beer's okay, <laughs> but it's still really cool." <laughs> so let's drink this hop slam. Ugh. Let's talk about it. All right, it doesn't. It's uh, I saw their. Uh, they're packaging it right now over at Bell's, the 2018 edition. Should oh, they are in shelves in the next few weeks. Yeah, wow. And it's only it's only in cans now, right? Yeah, in mini kegs. They brought in those mini back. Kegs. Yep. So here, here's a, <laughs> it, it's gross. I can feel the it's, smell at the back of my throat. Oh, yeah, it's so bitter. <laughs> well, but it also, but it's also sweet. Like there is a. Ugh. You can taste the hunt. It, it, it's syrupy. Mm-hmm. Um, there was very low carbonation. I f- there is some carbonation here, but it's a really small bubble. Yep, like a really pokey, aggressive bubble. Yeah, and and you know, Hop Slam is that beer that you should drink if you buy a six pack, drink it in, in a couple weeks. Like, don't hold on to it. Th- this this is five years old. When almost. should I open my Kegras? Ke- oh, the shorts beer. Yeah. You're supposed to drink the same day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I think I have one bottle left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. 
Th- th- so I have another beer here that that's. Can we dump this out? Are we yeah. Oh, yeah. We can dump it. Yeah. Fantastic. This is not something that we need Good. to continue to drink <laughs> through. Um. So, North Coast out of. Uh, let's see. North Coast. Like, we can also is, get new cups too. We don't have to like out of Fort Bragg, California. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Let's. Uh, all right. You know, yeah. New cups. Might um, leave some essence in there. So. <laughs> North Coast has a beer called Old Stock Ale, and I don't know if they still make it. I, I have no idea. Um, but I found – I've been saving this for a special occasion, and I guess tonight's the special Aww. occasion, right? Um, this beer is it's from 2002, uh, making it like 15 years old. I have no idea uh, what this is going to do. Um, I don't know why I still have it. No clue. I don't know where I don't remember where I got it. Uh, but I can tell you that I was 21 in 2002. Hmm. So, this is one of the first craft beers I bought. You're cool. fancy. So, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on, uh, besides you're doing amazing stuff in the city, is talk about this uh, kind of obsession and this newfound kind of uh, uh, push for some of these allocated beers, some of these uh, bourbon barreled aged beers that people go nuts over. Um, I mean, I did it. I totally went into the bourbon county craze this uh, this Black Friday. I was up at 6 a.m. waiting in line, and nice. there were 20 people ahead of me. So. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, have you kind of been watching this over the years? Have you do you approve? You know, what do you what do you say about this stuff? I, I love the creativity. I think it's amazing. I think, you know, one of my favorite places to always try their newest barrel aged stuff is uh, Witch's Hat. Mm-hmm. Like they do their dragon tracks. All It's crazy, right? I mean, you never know what they're going to throw in next. Um, heck, Dragon's Milk. Uh, they did a raspberry lemon. That was actually one of my favorites. Of the uh, variations they did, wow. uh, New Holland did. And um, anyway, I think uh, we've seen a, a ton of different places try a ton of different things. I, I thought that Founders Barrel Age series this past year that they started uh, was especially ambitious because they didn't just stick to, you know, stouts with different adjuncts pitched, mm-hmm. pitched in. They actually went to the trouble of, like, coming up with this, uh, the DKML, the I almost brought that. that I almost brought aged. one of those, yeah. I, dr- I drank that on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was I good. Really right? liked it. Um, it honestly, like you know, craft malt liquor. I enjoy. There's one from Rogue. I just like yeah, Colt Forty Five. Nothing wrong with that. That's no. what Lando drinks. <laughs> well, works a hundred percent of the time. Every time is that what something it? like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not not like uh, not like Love Panther works. <laughs> right, works fifty percent of the, the time. time. It works all the time. time. Something like that. <laughs> so okay, so hmm. this old stock. It's better. Yeah, it's. it's it's really good. Very coffee, chocolatey. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, obviously there's, there's carbonation bit, gone. Yeah. A little bit of that kind of dark fruit, hence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm surprised it's carbonated at all. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like this hasn't been held in any type of like temperature controlled environment. This is just like. I think carbonation is more kind of the atmosphere of the house. I don't know if that's wrong or not. Maybe it is temperature too. There is mm-hmm. a, probably a PVNRT. Just use a yeah. I did. Is that some type of like pressure inert- volume oh, equals n times that something something? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. All right. Let's go back to Founders for a second. Um. They just opened in Detroit. Yeah, they sure did. That tap yeah. room opened up just a couple days ago. Um. So you were there. Have you been there since they officially opened, or were you there for a press day? I went there for the press day. Okay. And and how is it? Like, what's it like? Uh, so it's think about if you've been to the Grand Rapids one yep. and how spacious and huge that is. It's kind of like a miniature version of that. Oh, it's small. I mean, it's not super small, okay. but it, 
con- compared to how many more people live in Metro Detroit, like I'm a little concerned that it's going to be really crowded, mm-hmm. you know, on busy days. And I, you know, for them, I kind of hope it is. But for me, I hope it's not right. because I hate waiting in line and dealing with a bunch of people who've been drinking a ton of beer like all, all over the place, you know. But um, I think uh, it's got a nice it's got a nice uh, tap list. Like they did a great job of bringing, um, you know, not just their mainstays that everybody knows, but they brought out, you know, some different beers. I hadn't gotten to try the Tank Bender. They mm-hmm. have that on draft over there. And what is Tank Bender? Tank Bender is their ice box. And they call it Tank Bender because it's actually made from ice. Uh, or what is it? They take the beer and then they freeze it. And the stuff that mm-hmm. doesn't freeze, they use that. And so they had a chunk of ice that actually got stuck in their tank. And it caused it to bend in the pressure. Oh. So and it's so they're 15% getting, alcohol, Yeah, I was just about too. to say the alcohol is probably higher. So it's yeah. extra high and it's very it's, – it's a good malt bill on it. it. It's really good. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you guys did a – Video. Let's continue on the founders uh, track with uh, of CBS, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You and uh, Mark Curlyanchek, and there was another person. Teresa Baldis, our federal courthouse reporter. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why was why was Teresa? She was just in the in the room at the time, or? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the idea. Yeah, I know. I saw the the Facebook groups. Thought it was uh, just a joke. You know, they, you know, whatever. Yeah. They thought it was silly. Um. We, we did that because the idea was we wanted somebody who had never had like, you know, a barrel, a bourbon barrel aged stout um, just coming in. You know, she's she actually has brewed beer before, but doesn't, you know, drink all these crazy different beers. And so we brought her on board just to be like, hey, what, what do you think of this? And I believe her review was uh, Kahlua dumped in Guinness. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I get that, it. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was yeah. kind of cool to you know get different perspectives, and sure. it was interesting too because uh, Mark tasted different things in the beer than I did. Okay, hmm. uh, I, I have the unpopular opinion of not liking that beer. Um, I, I haven't had it in a long time. Yeah, I, I remember when I drank it back. I think uh, uh, probably in 2014 or 15, I had it at Grand Trunk, and um, well, you and me are getting bottles on Saturday. Yeah, because we signed up for the founders. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I got that day. on Friday. Yeah. Um. I I uh I'll try it again, but overall, in terms of and we have a, a you know the Bourbon County we have here tonight, and I think the Batch Nine Thousand might be a barrel aged one too. Is um I'm not a huge fan of barrel aged beers. You know I I like them a bit. You know the the problem with the, the newer so what is that 2015 on with Bourbon County sixteen on sixteen on is they went to that sixteen nine format. So I mean even a twelve ounce this is a twelve ounce right even a twelve ounce is a lot when you're looking at the high alcohol, you're looking at how rich it is, how, you know, the perceived sweetness. It's a lot to finish in a setting. If you're with like three other guys, four guys, that I feel like is the ideal. And then when you go up to 16 ounces, that's just a lot of beer um, with that level of flavor and intensity. So I, I get it. I'm, it's rare for me to open up a bottle by myself of one of these. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah that too. Think about yeah. how many calories they pack into that, right? <laughs> <laughs> or don't <laughs> well I, I mean and this was it was exciting to have have you on bob because it's like I was, you know it's like i have these beers that i want to try share with people mm-hmm. and um especially this 2000 this old stock one that turned out to be Great. pretty good yeah. um and uh it's rare that i have you know an opportunity to we, we shared we were on the better better on draft podcast a couple weeks ago nick and uh we had some well, that, that was also County. super brand new yeah, that was like, yeah. you know, highly sought after yep. kind of like the Jim Beam 
blend. Yep, we got the Knob Creek and, and the um, Knob Creek. Yeah, yeah, Knob Creek and then the Northwoods. Yeah, and, and again, like always, underwhelmed by those things. I, I there is one that came out this year, the Dragon's Milk Mocha Mint. I love it. Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, something with mint and um, mint stouts. Mm-hmm. Drink them all the time. The mo- Mocha Munt from Oddside is really great too, and that's another barrel aged mint, mint stout. And maybe it's that menthol that's kind of lightening up the stout and making it easier on your palate, potentially. Another thing they have at the Founders Tap Room, or they did the other day, is the Sumatra Mountain Brown, the mm-hmm. coffee oh, brown. They so, barrel aged that in a bourbon oh, barrel. No way. And that was good. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Um, so what do you think of barrel aged cocktails? Uh, barrel aged cocktails? You yeah. mean like bourbon? Well, no, no, no. Like, like, so, like, Sugar House and the Oakland will have, they'll have. Yeah, Whiskey Parlor does a lot of them. Um, yeah, I know Whiskey Parlor does because they have a whole bunch of little barrels. But yeah, Oakland will do it. Sugar House will do it. Or will they actually make a cocktail and yeah. stick it in a barrel? So they'll do like a Manhattan and then they'll throw it in a barrel. And so then you're getting the vermouth to kind of mellow and everything to kind of like mix together. Um, it, it's not a ton of places that are doing it because you got to make a lot of it to like fill up a barrel. Um, but yeah. They're doing small barrels, though. They're not doing large. They're doing like five, five gallon, two and a half gallon. I guess that's a lot when you're talking in the cocktail world, right? Yeah. Well, because you're also, you're mixing it. So that's the, the problem with pre-batching cocktails is you are committed to that cocktail. So if something goes wrong or something goes bad, you got to dump it. Whereas if you keep the bottle separate, you know, that whiskey bottle could be anything. Yeah. I mean, the same thing could be said for beer, though, right? Something goes wrong with the beer. I mean, we, we had Zach from, uh, Zach Topinski from Urban Rest on couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh we're talking he's doing some barrel aging right now and he's a a, a, a very small producer especially when we're talking we're talking about founders and bells here like comparatively like he's not even like a, a drop in the bucket compared to them not to say he doesn't do great stuff yeah but you know he's it's, barrel a, aging. it's a bigger loss for him if he gets infected or something like that exactly yeah and, and there was wasn't bourbon county infected a couple was it bourbon county or yeah, yeah that was six fifteen. i think it was 15 yeah 15 yeah I got bottles. We can break them out. And, and like, it's pretty mad. It's gotta be pretty maddening for like the company, obviously to, to have to deal with that. And then like all the, uh, because it never ends, you know, cause the beer community, is it hurts very, your brand. Yeah. yeah. And the beer community is very snarky. It seems like the, the craft beer community can be snarky in times, especially when it's like Griffin claw had an issue too with flying Buffalo. Uh, that, that was infected maybe a year or two ago. And now every time they release, it's like, Oh, is it infected again? Like, Come on, guys! Like they're trying to put out a great product, and you know, not everything's going to be terrible. Yeah, a lot of beer guys are the similar mentality of like gamers. I feel like who kind of have like a built-in troll element oh, to them. Yeah. So you know, when something like that happens, they're they're never going to forget it. Yeah, and I don't have. Maybe it's a small business kind of entrepreneur in me. It's just like man, you just got to move on and, and hope that like the next batch is better. Um. And, and honestly, like I don't get that upset about if I if I drink a beer and it has some off flavor. I don't, first of all, I don't know the off flavors. I'll be honest. Um, if a stout tastes sour, uh, I, I would assume that it's supposed to taste sour. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Bourbon County, I bet if I drank an infected Bourbon County, uh, if it didn't make me sick, I wouldn't know it was infected. Hmm. And maybe that makes me a plebeian. I don't know. Like in terms of beer tasting, you know, it kind of goes to like, what do you like? Right. Maybe I mean, people drink sour beers. Because they like sour. Maybe you like that flavor. I do. So, I don't know. Yeah, and, and it, so we're gonna, I'm going to open another one here. So this is uh, Sierra Nevada makes a barley wine once a year called uh, Bigfoot. And I have 
a multitude of years at home, but I, I pulled a 2007, which I believe was the oldest one I had. Um, so I, uh, this is a barley wine. I don't especially like barley wines when they're fresh. Um, they're too, too much for me, too bitter. Okay. Um, I'm hoping that this one's a little mellow, a little more mellow. Uh, but we'll see. Let me see your cup. Nick. Um, so Robert, have, have you, um, has your column like kind of, how long have you been doing the column? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I started in, uh, early 2015. Okay. So coming up on three years. And how? And obviously, they've kept you long around, so that's yeah. Good. They like me there. <laughs> um, how have you seen the reception, Ben? Uh, you know, I, you're all over the place when I follow you on you know social media. Has it been good? Over mostly positive? all over the place. Like I also do all kinds of breaking news and enterprise and this, that, and the other. Well, there's some yeah. of that, <laughs> but yeah. I just like uh, are, are people uh, reacting well to the column? You know, after oh a couple yeah, of years? yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it's really cool. So I did the 1,000 beers mm-hmm. column, and I got a ton of emails from that, and they were all really positive. And it's interesting to see how many different perspectives people come from. You know, because there's like. Um, you know, some people who are just kind of casual drinkers and they'll read something like that and they'll be like, wow, I got to try all these different beers. And uh, it's it's cool because uh, especially writing like the first person perspective kind of stuff, like it's neat to feel the enthusiasm and the people's responses. Mm-hmm. And so that's been great. Uh, as know, opposed, I think, so when you say first person, you're saying like as opposed to like a more newsy story. That's like Founders is opening today and it's exactly. CBS. OK. Yeah. Like when I'm musing on things is uh, I think when it's the most fun. OK. But. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's a matter of, uh, you know, taking the time out of everything else I'm working on to be like, I'm going to write, you know, something, uh, straight from the heart. So it's, uh, it's funny, you know, I think one of the most popular columns I wrote was about the, remember the craze for the not your father's root Mm -hmm. beer. I think that was actually in 2015. Well, they're launching a bourbon now. (laughs) They're always launching something. (laughs) Not your father's Bourbon. Yeah. Why? What is it going to be? Why? Exactly. Why? No, but what is it? What's going to be angle? bourbon? It's going to be bourbon that is not your grandfather's or father's bourbon. What's wrong with your grandfather's or father's? Bourbon? I don't know. That's kind of that was the argument with a lot of people. Just like I like my grandfather's bourbon. Well, I, I mean, so the idea with the root beer and the it was boozy. That root was the, beer. That was orange, the hook. So, they have orange root they have beer. So many things now. Mountain Dew. I haven't heard nearly as much enthusiasm for anything since then. <laughs> yeah. So. There was yeah. There was like a good two months. Where like none of the stores could keep it in stock, everyone was losing their mind, and then like something clicked, and people were like, "Why do we like this?" I think it's the the Alcopop thing, yeah. right? Like yep. you have one of them, and okay, I know what that's like. I'm not gonna drink it for fun because it's like eating a whole bunch of dessert or something. Well, it's like Bartles and James, you know, that started it way back when, and then we went through Mike's Hard Lemonade, and then we went through uh, Zima, and then we went through or Zima, and then Mike's Hard Lemonade, Smirnoff Ice, Smirnoff Ice. You guys skip Boone's Farm. You skip Boom's Farm. Uh, Boom's Farm is wine, though. I don't think it's some alternative. You said Bartles and James, isn't that like a? Is it a? Oh, maybe it's a wine cooler. Yeah. All right. No, well, wine. Uh, w- wait, you're calling Boone's Farm a wine? Alternative beverages. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Boone's calling Boone's Farm wine is really polite to aggressive. Boone's Farm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really insulting to wine, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wine deserves it. <laughs> I like how Justice jumps in at Boone's Farm. Listen, listen, guys. <laughs> yeah. Let me set the record straight. Took it too far. Okay. <laughs> Back it up. I, I uh, used to work with uh, at a law firm, and the a couple of the attorneys partied really hard, and they would mix Boone's Farm and vodka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last time I had that was in Oklahoma. Boone's Farm and vodka out on a lake somewhere on a pontoon boat. I'm pretty sure. Is yeah. it called something? Is there a name for it? Uh, 
Hangover. Call it. Yeah, hang, <laughs> hangover from hell. Well, it's probably better than straight Boone's Farm because you're cutting back the sugar. But you're adding vodka. Yeah, and it, feel, and it feels vodka. like it goes straight to your head. It's horrible sure. stuff. I don't <laughs> recommend it. It's basically the meth of cocktails. That's it, yeah. Well, before Four Loco, Loco came along, right? <laughs> so I've never had Not Your Father's Root Beer. I've never had Four Loco. Am I missing out? No, we tasted them all when I was on um, uh, Detroit Beer Cast. We tasted like 22 of them. They were... None of them was good. On the think. same episode? Uh-huh. Holy shit. Yep. That sounds like yeah, most diabetes. Pe- most people were pissed. <laughs> yeah. 22? 22. Yeah. We had like a little sip of each one. No. Yep. Thanks, Eric, if you're listening. Damn, man. That sucks. Yeah. What was the best one? I want to say Mike's Hard Iced Tea wasn't bad. Okay. That's, uh, but my memory's fading. So, Bob, we have this... Uh, uh, thought I have a bunch of beers in my basement that are that should not have been aged, but they have been at this point. Like 2013 Hopsland, exactly. But probably worse than that. But you know, whatever. At least Hopsland, this Hopsland has some redeeming value. You could say that it was a good beer at one point. Um, some of the beers I have down there probably have never been good beers at all. I have some Super Bowl Budweiser when the Super Bowl was in town. You have some. Wh- when was that? That was like 2007, oh, eight. Yeah. yeah. We're not opening it. That's a collector's <laughs> item. Oh, right. Yeah. That's my retirement fund right there. <laughs> is, is, that, is that how it's going to... That's how it's going to go. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what are your thoughts on like the, the hoarding and like aging of beer done by people that like <laughs> probably shouldn't be doing it, like myself? Have, you know, I I have put so much random weird stuff in my basement just because I want to learn. I want to try to experience the ways different beers age so I can learn more about them. So I think it's cool. Uh, you know, I definitely have had a lot better. You know, obviously, Expedition Stout, you know, that's made to be aged. That one does amazing things. But uh, other ones, especially with adjuncts, you know, like coffee or mint, for example, might do things you don't like so much, right? Um, I think Backwoods actually tastes phenomenal after about six months. Uh, so you don't have to age them for years to, I, I feel like, get a sort of a rounding out and a m- better meshing of the different flavors so it has nothing to do with like so you know you waited in line for eight hours for this beer and you're so nervous to drink it because it's the only one you got that day it has nothing to do with that because i feel like there's a little bit of that for me when locally there was like one beer that i got one of and i was just like i can't open this it's the only one i have what am i gonna do when it's gone i don't know if that plays into the, the i think it totally does yeah i mean well last night for example i was at the detroit mire and i actually scored their very last uh the Piran No Rules and Malted Milk mm. Ball mm-hmm. combo pack. I'd been looking for those everywhere, and I, I got the last one. It had been dropped, so it had a big dent in it, but the glass was fine inside. Now, those ones, it's like I've tried both of those this year, and I really like the Malted Milk Ball. Um, but then that's one where, yeah, it's got a bunch of adjuncts in it, right? So it might be, be- I might be better off just mm. drinking it now. But then I kind of like the idea. There have been a few times, right, where – you have a special occasion. You got a bunch of people over at the house. You're barbecuing, and it's like, oh man, this beer is going to hit the spot, you know, to sort of finish yep. off dinner. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Like the beers that I keep, that I keep knowing that they'll be okay down the road. Um, that's to share, and most of the beers I buy, I, I buy them with the intention of sharing. I have no desire to drink a whole six. Like I said earlier in the show, like I have no desire to drink a whole six pack. Um, of anything. Well, plus you were on like a crazy weight loss kick too last year, this year. I just drink were, less. Be- 
you were doing like one beer a day, and I was super proud of you. Yeah. Well, l- let's be clear. I, I I stopped drinking beer, but I started drinking bourbon. All right. So, you know, it, it kind of like balances out, I guess. But like from a calorie perspective, the beer probably has more calories. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 100 percent. So, I I you know at home now you'll you'll be more likely to find me pouring a little. Uh, dram of scotch or some bourbon or a bit of gin or something um, aside, you know, outside of drinking a beer. Um, See, and I'm the opposite. I, I feel like I'm so entrenched in cocktails and spirits and all that. When I don't want to think, I grab beer. Yeah. So, what, Bob, what do you do? What do you at home? What do you drink? And when you're because you focus on both, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I have friends who will, you know, stick toward the stouts or stick toward the IPAs. A lot of people actually seem to do that, mm-hmm. just favor one style. And every time we go to a brewery, get the same thing. I I try to mix it up. Like I said, it's a learning experience for me. Um, so I wanna I wanna learn as much as I can about all these different flavors. But you know, going back to what you were talking about with cellaring, like most of that stuff like doesn't come out unless it's I got friends over and I want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I, like I tried one time, I actually drank an entire bottle of No Rules to myself, and it was a stupid idea. The the, the bomber, <laughs> yeah, holy shit! Is that a five hundred milliliter? No, that's a seven fifty. Oh. No, no, wait, no, this no, is no. twenty two ounce. Twenty two ounce, not seven fifty. Okay, yeah. All right. Tw- yeah. Well, twenty uh, seven fifty is twenty five four, right? It's pretty close. So to li- I mean, basically, but it's like my wife didn't like it at all, and I was like, well, I can't let it go to waste, right? <laughs> And so there I was, and it's just so sweet. You get to the bottom of it, and you're like, you know what? I don't think I have the same opinion of this beer when I get to, the, you know, drinking that much of it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's it's definitely the the heavier stuff. I always, you know, when I first get a bottle of, it, I try it so I can have the experience. But um, I think you know, beer is meant to be shared, and that makes it more fun too. When you have you know people over who've never tried one of these rare beers, and you kind of everybody gets a taste and says what they think, like that can be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, casually, I'm at the point where it's all day IPA or Budweiser is usually what's going with my pizza. Yeah. And I, I get this sense that these kind of highly allocated beers like CBS, like no rules, like Bourbon County are are much better when you go to these events that, that places have these well, release a, parties. There's an yeah. atmosphere. There's an excitement. Yeah. There's a... And if you can like, if they're pouring, it's even better. Like, I don't know if CBS is, are, are they, uh, are they kegging it this year? Oh yeah, they are okay. So if these places are having a CBS party and doing the bottle release, mm-hmm. and then concurrently pouring some from a keg, and you could talk to people, I would rather have a little five ounce pour, one little five ounce pour. I'll pay twenty bucks for it. I don't, I don't care. So I could talk to a couple people about it, like the, the kind of like communal atmosphere yeah. of all of it. And maybe, maybe I'm on the outside. I, I think the the three of us in the you know right here are like in agreement on that, but. It's a lot more fun. I think, and I think beer is much more community-based, partially because of the carbonation. So let's look at, you get yourself a 500 or a 750. You're going to pop that open, and unless you kill it yourself, that thing's probably not great the next day. Right. Mm. So therefore, if you drink it with friends, you are taking the most benefit out of that. Whereas wine differs, for the most part. You can open it and let it hang around for a little bit longer. So I feel like you can get away with buying a bottle of wine, having it over, you know, two, three nights. Whereas a bottle of beer, if you do that, you're drinking sugar water the next day because there's no carb- carbonation. And left. CBS is 25 bucks a bottle. And that's, yeah, it's a good price. I mean, you're committing. So, okay. So I like that you brought price because I, I, w- I want to touch on this. It's something that we haven't talked about enough. There's this idea in the beer community about gouging people. All right. So you, secondary you, or primary? You're talking primary. About, okay. I'm talking primary. Right. Um, 
Secondary is a whole other issue. If, if you're willing to go on eBay and buy some CBS for 200 bucks, that's on you. That's and it's not, illegal. It, it is, 100%. And, I, and I'm not at all advocating for that. But if you're saying, if that's what you're trying to do, I'm not. we don't want to talk about that because I don't know the value on that side of things. So I should oh, admit to the rare that I bought last year? <laughs> the Bourbon County rare? Don't. Okay. I don't. Please I'm, don't. I don't. No, it's not a thing. No admission. <laughs> Um, no abuse of the postal service either. <laughs> any of this. <laughs> so the the idea that an establishment, the, a liquor store, a beer store, a restaurant, however, whoever it may be, is being held in check by a community of people that are buying the product seems strange to me. So someone gets a bottle of CBS. You said twenty five bucks. I've seen it for thirty, which doesn't. I, I shrug my shoulders. That's fine. I'm sure some places have it for fifty or sixty. At what point are you gouging people if they're willing to spend money for it? Well, I guess it all depends on your definition. Is it free market? The, if that's the market demand, demand yeah. Utopias, uh, there's a place down the street and uh, MSRP on that from they, Sam Adams. That's the ultra rare. Yeah, they have a bottle? Uh, they did. Oh. And the MSRP is $199. Okay. And they sold it for 300 Okay. So I'm not mad at them for that. No, no, no. I'm just curious. I mean, I feel like it's like people will buy it. And if they don't buy it there, they're going to buy it on the secondary market, which is the same thing. So who's going to get the money? Either the person that is selling it and trying to keep a business open yeah. or, you know, Joe Bob in his basement that's reselling it on the market. Yeah. So what? why do you think there's so much anger um, from the community where so if, you, if you're if you're a small business and you're and you're trying to make money the, the only way you know how beer is a big part of how you make money. Who's to tell you how to price your beer? Why is the community? Why do you think that's happening? Entitlement. You know, I, I think that there's a little bit of a, you know, people think that, they, hey, this is what the beer should be priced, uh, especially Michigan, where we have our, you know, set price floors. Um, and they say like this, hey, this is what it's in the book for. You got to buy it. I don't. Can you discount beer? I know you can't discount liquor. I think you can. Okay, so you might be able to discount beer. Yeah, I mean, Holiday Market uh, in Royal Oak has discount. The, the uh, disco basket or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, the they have the clearance basket. racks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, gets, it gets to the point to me where if you're, if you're a Holiday Market, they're a full grocery store. They're extending their margins over multitudes of items, right? And I don't know how. And grocery store margins suck on the whole. They do. Yeah. But they're selling a lot more volume than, say, uh, a liquor store down the, across the street that does good volume in beer, right? Um, so the markup should have some leeway, e- even if it's even if it's extreme. But I don't see Holiday Market as the one that's marking stuff up. Oh, no, 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 no. I, there's I mean, some. There's no, some. But and not... Holiday Market's not. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of like the bottom of the, the yeah. rung in terms of markup. I think they're doing a really. I think it's more the liquor stores, like a, a certain guy on Woodward that I won't mention that likes to mark stuff up. I, I get really pissed off when places do things like. Uh, so let's use CBS, for example. Um, if they're trying oh, to move. Yeah. They're trying to move some out of date stuff like so, so some hop signs some 2013 hops oh, yeah. oh, well, no, like, yeah. even all day ipa or azaka or something like that a founders a similar founders that may be coming up towards an expiration date. oh you got to buy two cases of that to get one bottle of this that's what i don't like i don't mind your markup mark it up wherever you can get you know that's fine but when you're selling something you're forcing someone to buy something they don't want the packaging yeah or the, yeah yeah, I, I think that people increasingly are going to become aware of the dates on bottles, especially people who get serious about IPAs. Like there's some stores and even from the, you know, the random party store to some nicer places where I've seen IPAs that 
had no business on shelves. Oberon. Didn't Oberon have a thing this year where they changed the label because people were putting old stuff out? Oh, I thought I, I heard, heard that. that. Did Oberon change this year, the label, or was it last year? I don't... Uh, One of the years it changed remember. because they were trying to address that, people putting out old bottles. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but... Wait, from like the year before? Yeah. Holy shit. I, I think, I think... We almost need like someone to fact check us as we go. Um, so yeah. w- one experiment that I really like, a, a, a beer that's really great, is um, the uh, Enjoy By by Stone. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. And, great idea. And, and so... Stone, I just bought the recent one, too. And they literally have the date emblazoned mm-hmm. on the bottle. And you'll go in places and they'll have it on the shelf like weeks after. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, th- th- like Stone's literally telling you, take it off the shelf at this at this point so what all right so hold on so are it what how's it set up can you then sell it back to stone or you just your money's gone i i I, we'd have to talk to a stone rep i have no idea i think it something has to do with the distributor right i don't know yeah we should ask if we get mike on we should ask mike about that yeah so it's a very good question i think uh another one is the new england ipa is like m43 yep like a two-week shelf life oh we didn't talk to travis about did that if they do like buyback or anything probably not yeah buybacks buybacks a really tough model to to operate on um m43 probably has no issue with buyback i think it i think it moves yeah um and a lot of these beer like it's the ones that like your all-day ipa Mm -hmm. that that sit right that that will that you buy volume of and you hope that you're going to move volume on um because all these beers that like the beers we're drinking right here you know i just opened a batch 9000 from bells um what is brewer's licorice I don't know. Okay. Molasses and Brewer's licorice. It tastes like black licorice. Though. Definitely feeling the molasses here. I, I, I really like this. Yeah. Um, you know, one, th- one point I was going to mention about uh, beers sitting out on the shelf too long. I've talked to brewers who uh, hate that, right? Because somebody's first impression of their beer mm-hmm. is this beer or, for example, like bad you know tap lines that haven't been cleaned out at some bar somewhere. Yep. And your first experience. I remember I've had the Lagunitas IPA. It bars where it doesn't taste anything like it should just because of all the weird off flavors it's picked up sitting in somebody's keg for a year and a half. So I think that's something that most people would agree is not a good idea. And I think as people get more into beer, like, I mean, people are really into beer right now, but saying like asking like, hey, are you cleaning your taps? Uh, Red Tap really was founded on stuff like that. And they go around cleaning taps and making beer better. Yeah. And Brian, the owner of uh, of Red Tap, is is really diligent about this whole thing, and he he was at Grand Trunk for a while. I think he saw a, a, a kind of like a hole in the marketplace for like a a, a really because it's Leonard syrup that kind of does it right, and kind of is the right word. Yeah, because I've seen him. I've seen Leonard him do syrup. it. I've yeah. totally seen him do it, and it's kind of all right. Again, I may have a bad example. I'm not going to badmouth them, but yeah, it, but, it, but it did Brian, not seem motivated. I mean, Brian is like the guy locally that that like is. Like everywhere, mm-hmm. because he he's like really um, thorough in his. Te- it's an important part of you know running an it's establishment. Sanitation, it's safety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. food. Yep. Things grow in those lines. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of times if I go to a dive bar, I'm just getting whatever's bottle, in the bottle or bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or liquor or no <laughs> ice. <laughs> <laughs> no ice. <laughs> yeah, ice machines are bad too. You yeah. gotta clean those all the time. Or stuff falls into the wherever they're picking it out of. No. Oh. Gross. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, that's why you make sure you get a good, strong, get your wild turkey in the dive bar. I brought my own glass. Just pour it right in there. <laughs> Bob, do you have any um, 
year end stuff coming up for for uh, you have any lists you have to do or lists uh, he doesn't work for buzzfeed i don't know i don't know what the hell the, the yeah you know like. we have a listicle quota that yeah we have to meet. i mean you gotta get the clicks right <laughs> that's what it's all about we gotta we gotta have our audience if people aren't reading it, it doesn't matter um that's the truth uh you know it's it's like this year i've actually knocked out a lot of stuff i had on my hit list um i had been meaning to get up to traverse city for a while and that was really cool mm-hmm. uh took along a photographer who had never been to that many breweries. We hit like I don't know six in one day and four in another. Just like boom, boom, boom. Um, they they have a great scene up there, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. Did you hit up Tandem? No. Um. So I we were up in. So it's not. It's Traverse City ish. It's a little bit north of there. It is so it's near adorable. Northport. Yeah, Northport. Yep. yep. So adorable. This like little pub in the middle of nowhere. There's like a cat that wanders around. They <laughs> let you try tons of things, and I had not been that deep into cider. Um, and then it happened again when Nicole came in from Forgotten Ciders. But what a cute place. I mean, super plug for Tandem. I had a really good time out there. You know, Rare Bird is actually mm-hmm. where I tried CBS for the first time okay. back in 2015. And uh, that place, they, they have a thing going with founders. I think they just always get good random stuff from them that you can't find in a lot of places. And uh, it was kind of cool. I actually, while I was there, there was this group that was doing a, you know, how we have... Uh, the thing where you ride on the 10 person bicycle, uh, pedal pubs, pedal pubs. Thank you. Um, so they do, they do the same thing on kayaks cause there's a river that goes through mm. downtown Traverse city. And so they, you go bar hopping and you jump on the kayak and you go down a little ways and get out at the next bar. So yeah, they got a bunch of cool stuff going on up there. That's neat. I had a thought it was really good too. I should have wrote it down. I was like thinking about writing it down as I was talking <laughs> and now it's floating away. Well, so so we've been focused heavily on beer, but you're you're a spirits of Detroit guy. So uh, let's talk about let's move to bourbon, bourbon. Yeah, bourbon? I mean, yeah, like like you said, beer has been most of my focus. But when I get a chance, I'll pop out and you know go try a new place, ride something up. Um, I actually went to Iron Fish Distilling. Have you mm, heard of that I one? Have, yeah, yeah. What do you think of their stuff? Where is that? Uh, it's the middle of Michigan. It's actually Crystal Mountain. It's okay. like oh, so an hour south of oh. Traverse City. We okay. went there on our way up on this trip because okay. I heard about them. But they're a uh, they 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 claim to be the very first farm to bottle distillery in the state, where they actually have their fields of wheat and rye, and they do everything through the processing and distilling and bottling right so, there on the property. I, I, it's funny that she he says yeah. that because Nicole last week. Uh, Nicole Ward from um, Forgotten Ciders. She, they're farmed a bottle too. They have uh, a thousand different trees. So, wow. Yeah. And two, two guests in two weeks use the term farm to bottle. So for in the only two that we've had. Trends are set here. Unheard. <laughs> it's like craft meets farm to table, <laughs> right? It's the next big thing. Uh, so Iron Iron Fish, they were at um, the fish. restaurant show. Like F- Iron Fish, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, not yeah, Iron Fist. Fish. Okay, Iron Fish. <laughs> Iron Fist is a totally different thing. Do that at home. Whoa, whoa. Iron Fish is her, her a... podcast after dark. <laughs> um, I tried uh, their whiskey. I don't remember if it was a bourbon, and then I tried a sweetened flavored whiskey too. I thought the whiskey was good. I I wasn't loving the flavored one. Um, but I I, t- I need to get out there and try some, them some more because I yeah, thought they were doing neat stuff. Try their vodka. I really the liked vodka, their okay. vodka. All right. You could get that uh, nice grainy notes out of it. Okay. So. And that's what I like because vodka, by definition, is odorless, tasteless, flavorless. It's meant to be just alcohol. And when you have a company that really kind of skirts around that and has like some good 
like esters and like fun other flavors in there. I feel like that helps. Makes it stand out. Makes it stand out. Yeah. You're not just drinking vodka to get drunk. You're drinking it because you enjoy the flavor of that uniqueness. So vodka is made to just be hidden. The, yeah, the definite the textbook definition of vodka is odorless, tasteless, flavorless. Wait, odorless, tasteless, colorless, colorless. Yeah, so not, maybe not odorless. There's, it's like three water, a- alcohol. No, I know, but like you're you're going for that that super clean, flavorless spirit, basically. Yeah. Why? To get drunk. To, get to drunk. warm you up. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um. And I and again I haven't dove into a lot of the the more Russian vodkas, but I feel you know they are much more. That's very central to their kind of uh, culture, and I feel like there are some more culinary aspects that they're looking at from some of those. So I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself into a hole right now. <laughs> the vodka hole. The vodka hole. <laughs> uh, so what's um, Bob's end of the year? So no lists. So you're not BuzzFeed, excuse me. Well, I did a oh yeah, that circling back to Traverse City. I did a list of gold oh, yeah, out list. there. It's very popular. Great, yeah. good. Um, <laughs> what 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 is like the the year end kind of requirement at, at the Free Press for you? Is there any type of like roundup or like are you just going to be like to do something from the heart? Like <laughs> like like you know like my my like heartfelt love for Detroit. Here it is, and like this is why I love to drink in Detroit. God, you know, I actually editor. started I, off I with the one worst of those. editor ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. No. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what's crazy to me? And I, I haven't, uh, I mean, I, I mentioned it in a number of articles. And well, I did kind of a, actually a listicle maybe a month or so ago, but it is really fascinating to me how we have gone in Detroit from, I believe it's 2013 when we had three brewery tap rooms in the city to now with Founders Opening, we have 10. Wow. And we have so people like that are producing on site, you're saying? These are ones where a brewery mm. is pouring its beer on site. Got it. So obviously Founders is a separate tap room from the brewery. Um, but uh, in general, yeah, it's the, the breweries themselves. Uh, Granite City is one of them, but I mean, that's kind of sure gray area. So is Founders producing at all at the Detroit tap room or no? They got a three barrel system. Good. Okay. They're going to be having, they said, Good. maybe two to three local drafts available at any given time. They, so and they have a dedicated uh, uh, brewer. Who's going to be there, like really? as a regular? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, am I not caught up? We're going to ten thousand. Batch ten thousand. Yeah. This is delicious. Mm-hmm. The, what, what year was this? Nine thousand. I, I don't know. I have to look it up. I, I want to say it's maybe five years old. I never got any of these. I really love molasses. Um, I was disappointed. As a matter of fact. Founders, when they announced their 2018 availability calendar, they're getting rid of curmudgeon for next year. Oh. First thing I did was run to like three different stores and try to pick it up. <laughs> it's all gone already. Really? Yeah. Curmudgeons are old ale, right? Yeah. Made with molasses and aged in oak. So I have a, I bought a bunch of the uh, um, milk stout the uh, with the baby on it. Why can't I think of the breakfast milk stout? Yeah, yeah breakfast stout, yeah. When they, when they went back to the baby, I bought the ones without the baby. Because yeah. I figured that might be semi-collectible. Smart. And now that's year-round with the baby. Is it? Your retirement plan is really not diversified. No, it's all alcohol. It blast. could end up like baseball cards. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're going to be that guy on eBay being like, I'm auctioning this pen, but with this pen you get beer, a bottle <laughs> of beer. <laughs> or you get this. It's, it's 
Those, a like, bottle. Pa- those package deals where you buy like a camera lens and it has like <laughs> six cleaners and like four little micro brushes and a, a box bag. of Beanie Babies. Yep. And a tripod that costs $2. <laughs> so, okay. So we have founders now. Like, what does that in say? Detroit. What is it? The bottom? What's the bottom say? Yeah. Like below. Like what's it made with? More brewer's oh. licorice? This just says a commemorative brew. Oh, I know. It's cute. Um, the last of the batch series, thanks to all the consumers that got us this far. This is batch 10,000. Mm. It's good. Oh, yeah. Bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting smokiness. Yeah. Oh, could it be uh, uh, the R1? What's the smoky beer? Ro- a Rosh beer? Rosh yeah. Beer? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Could be. Mm. Yummy. Bob, what are we missing in Detroit? What are we missing? Like, so we have founders now. We have, I, I mean, our cocktail scene is is banging. Like, they're they're like, it's been nationally publicized as one of the best in the country, and and I fully agree. Having been to the Chicago, New York recently, our, our cocktails are as good. And I'm not just like you know saying that. Like, quantifiably, I feel like if someone were to come here and compare, what are you, you're shaking your head? I'm shaking my head. Why? We're um, here's the thing. The the problem with Detroit right now is when you go to Chicago or San Francisco or New York, there's so many more people. So you go to a bar and it's full, you go to another bar. We don't have that luxury yet, I feel like, to like make something super, super niche. Like we can't go and make like a you know, a sake bar that only serves sake from Edo or Edo. because uh, we just I don't think we have the population yet. It's coming. We we definitely have made huge strides in the last five years. But I think that's the big advantage to these huge population centers is they can do super niche stuff and make a profit on it. Yeah, I feel like the population density is still an issue. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean... And know. people that are into this stuff. Like, the over the past five years, we've seen people get more into craft cocktails, so much so that when you're opening a restaurant, they're like, well, where's your craft cocktail list? Right. Well, I don't know. You, you need to have one. And, and, you know, like, I mean, we just got Mutiny Bar, for, for God's sake. Like, it was like... What, three weeks ago? To have a dedicated tiki bar. Tiki and you'd bar, think yeah. everyone has a tiki, but Cleveland's had a tiki bar for years. Yeah. So. Right. I, I get your point. So. Wh- and I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down on Detroit. I no. feel like there's just, until we can do that, it's, there's, you know, we got totally room for growth. But we need mass transit. Yeah. I, I mean, yep, and we haven't right. talked enough about that here, and it affects us as the food, beverage, hospitality industry. It's like, if we had mass transit, if we had a viable way for people to get around, Safely, but, safely. It's going to be autonomous oh, yeah. driving. What are they saying? Five years? Yeah. But Uber, Uber certainly helped. Yeah. Uber has oh, yeah. made my dining out so much easier because you're not like, I mean, I'm sorry. Some of the Detroit taxis are really expensive. Yep. Like to get a ride from even like the airport to my house, it's like a hundred bucks yep. in like a car service. And to get an Uber, it's like 30. Yep. Like it's still not, it's not cheap, but that's like re- very reasonable where if you have to make a similar long distance commute from the Burbs to the Detroit, then it's much safer. Or you can live in the city. And that's even better. Yeah. And so like what do you think in terms so we have we have founders, we have we have ten brew ten you said breweries? Uh yeah, ten brewery tap rooms. Because founders technically their headquarters is in Grand Rapids. Right. right. And, and so and then we have multiple cocktail bars. What do you think is next? Do you are do you think we're gonna go the can we go the Chicago route of like Chicago has gin bars where it's just like gin. Walk in, hundred kinds of gin. I don't know. I'm making up a number. Hundred kinds of gin, all gin cocktails. Are we going down that path, or is that not? That's way down the road. 
you know, w- what I've been noticing mostly lately is how much dive bars are disappearing. And that's something like neighborhood bars. that was yeah. a very Detroit experience going to Mr. Stevens. Did you ever go there? Over oh, there uh, in downtown? Uh, Congress? Uh, yeah. Next to St. Andrews? Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, walking into that place. There was so much, uh, they're just, you know, as a journalist, you walk in and you're like, wow, there's stories all over the place, right? And guys got the old cash register with the metal clanging noise. And you go in there with some friends and every time the tab's always the same, like $24 or something. And he offers everyone a, a shot of schnapps when you first walk in. What, what a character, right? Um, and so as we become more similar to those other big cities with all their, you know, fancy different types of bars, we're going to have a whole lot more choices, but we're also going to be losing some characters. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's something to be said about going to a place for the craft of the cocktail. Um, you know, as maybe 20, 30 years ago, there was so, so few, um, there weren't as many choices that you could go to the same bar. They would all have the same stuff, but you could get that atmosphere, that experience, that yeah. show. Yeah. And I think that's that's gone now because you're now you're looking for who has the the weird beer, who has the weird cocktail, because you're looking for that flavor uh, adventure as opposed to the atmosphere adventure. Just a theory. Yeah, it's the, it's all about the experience. You know, some people are looking for more of that kind of experience, and increasingly, young people are obviously all about the craft stuff and the different things that can be done with it, or the possibilities are limitless. So I think that's really cool. But at the same time, yeah, we are losing something along the way. I think a big part of how things are going to shift and change is are going to be based on tourism. It's going to be based on tourism. Yeah. Um, Which is starting. We're getting so many more write-ups about yeah. tourism and nationally. Well, cause I feel like for so many years, Detroit has been viewed as like this dangerous quote unquote mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's changing. And as more and more of these businesses, worldwide businesses like founders show up and, and then like we get more and more write-ups of like, our incredible cocktail scene, our incredible food scene that's happening. Um, people are going to look at us as a viable vacation destination. And instead of going to Traverse city in the summer, mm-hmm. um, they might come to Detroit and, and that's pretty exciting. Um, and so like, you know, with, with the, uh, what's the siren hotel? Is that what it's called? The yeah. new one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll have more boutique hotels. We have the, um, the Shandola. foundation. Yep. And then, like, it will need more, not boutique hotels, whatever, a normal hotel. I don't know what the hell that's called. But, like, um, and places are going to, like, you know, people will visit more. Mm-hmm. We'll, have, we'll have the city be full outside of times, like, movement, which. Auto show. Auto show, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're rolling into auto show. You know, it's a, it's about a month away. And, you know, it's um that's exciting, too. Mm-hmm. Uh but, you know, like the auto industry is not what we're like anchored to anymore. Right. So we opened this last bottle. So we've gone through this is the sixth of the group. This is the Bourbon County 2014. This is the best one of the like Nick. These, you, these, you I feel brought like the these are these are meant to kind of I think they, they hold up well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a 2013 that I'm saving for later this year because we have enough to do a five-year vertical. Mm-hmm. So that I'm excited about. But I had a couple of these and I'm just like, all right, let's 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 start cracking them open. You know, share them with friends. Bob, have you done a vertical of anything? Uh, Beer-wise. You know, I've done a couple of year ones. I haven't done like, well, actually I did one time I did a four-year vertical of, uh, what's the founder's... Um, the big triple IPA that they do. Devil Dancer. Devil Dancer. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was interesting. 
Hmm. Um, when, oh, Samantha was at, um, France or it's not France anymore. Samantha who? Uh, Sam. Uh, oh, yeah. Bruger. Yeah. From Bells. She, no. she would do all, like she had all sorts of crazy things hidden down in her basement and she'd bring them up and have like multi-year verticals of like things like that. That was fun. Yeah. Public house just the other night had, um, uh, in Ferndale had, um, KBS 15 and 16 on. Jason had a 15, bunch too. 15, 16, 17. Didn't, uh, Honest Jones, didn't they do a couple or? Yep. They had Bourbon County. Yep. Yeah. And that's one of the cool things about Detroit too. It's like you can have these, you can store these things, these beers, right? And these beers that like, I, I don't know how, uh, beers age in a keg differently than how they age in a bottle, but, um, it's really cool to have on, on your tap list three or four years of something. My guess is a keg ages better because you have more mass. So therefore you have, you know, less surface area from like oxygen. You have more mass to kind of spread out the weird effects. Maybe it doesn't get some of the nice aging though, because, uh, because of that too. I've totally noticed that. Yeah. yeah Cause craft brew city, they actually did the 2016 and 2017 when it released. Okay. And they didn't taste terribly different from one mm, another. Interesting. So this Cre- is good though. This craft is, brew city yummy. is, uh, what? Like that's a Farmington. I Farmington. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they do like uh, uh they're, they're like a craft beer bar, they're, yeah. They're the place with like the, the what were brew is spelled with like multiple W's, with two W's. <laughs> Somebody else must have taken the single W. <laughs> they should have used more W's. Net, you can never have. Well, if they w's. had three, then they could play off the internet. <laughs> no, why are you shaking your head? No, <laughs> just shake. Don't stop. Okay, speaking so, of W's, what? What? Speaking of W's, what about our W's? Where can we find this guy? Where can we find you? You can find wow. me on www.freep.com <laughs> slash Spirits of Detroit. Uh, do you have any articles coming up? Uh, I've got actually one I'm working on about a candy store. Um, Which one? Uh, the one actually over on 12 Mile in Berkeley. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Docs. Docs Sweet Essentials. Sweet? Sydney Bog. What? No, not Docs? Uh, no, two- I don't know Docs. Dax is over there too. Okay, who's What's the reporter? He's the reporter. No, he's writing the story, but he's pointing to the like, Dax is right he's over pointing there. Pointing to the door that could yeah, be any uh, direction in the, the world. West. It's to the west of here because <laughs> we're What's on eleven called? mile, right? It's yes. like right over there. Um, anyway, it's called City Bug. So it's City kind of a funny story. Okay. Yeah, it's this uh, it's this candy store that was in Detroit back in the thirties, <laughs> and uh, there was the there was these people who who worked there as teenagers, and they um. After over the years, right, like the owner died and the business got sold, it closed down and it was just this, just another building in Detroit that was closed and they went over there and they got the, the, um, I'm in brew mode, this candy making equipment, confectionery equipment Mm. dating back to 1872. Super cool. And they brought it over to Berkeley and they even managed to get the trademark for the name and now they're making candy have been for 15 years now hmm. so i'll have to check that it's out it's kind of a fun legacy story yeah. but no alcohol involved is for alcohol stuff uh i don't know tomorrow i'm going to come up with a column and i'm going to write it that's how i come <laughs> up with most of my ideas just like okay i got i got a deadline tomorrow. and i got to i got to write something so send your ideas to <laughs> r a l l e n at freepress.com there you go and then uh are you on instagram i am R A Detroit on Instagram, and I believe I'm R A Detroit on Untapped as well. Ooh, awesome. But if you look up any of my columns, you can just Google actually Google Robert Allen Detroit. It'll be all over the place. You can track me down. 
Send me an email. Awesome. So, okay, Robert Allen, Spirits of Detroit columnist at the Detroit Free Press. Thank you for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me, and thanks for all the beer. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to share it. And, you know, once again, happy repeal day, everyone. Yes. Cheers. Go celebrate. Until next time, dine well, friends.